0: Good evening, Thank I want to welcome you all to the truth, praise be to Yahweh, Yahshua in the highest, amen The night of the Lord, the night of the Lord, took place in basically two parts One took place B.C., one took place in A.D., the night of the Lord I could call it the night of the Lord as well, but we'll stick with the night of the Lord We're going to start Exodus 12 What we have is y- Yahweh telling the people to observe this feast forever. The Passover. This is the first Passover which I'm going to read to you. This feast forever. And to celebrate it. For it's the Lord's Passover. And Christ became our Passover. <clears throat> Yahweh gave specific instructions concerning this Passover. He said that you should eat it with your clothes on ready to go. Your feet shod everything on, Your whole priest. Uniform, he said, eat it with it on. Because by morning, the Pharaoh's going to let you go. Had to be a perfect lamb. And the blood of the lamb had to be on the post of the door. Amen? Symbolic of Jesus Christ. And each family had to eat the lamb. And if the family was too small, then they would share it with another family. He's saying, eat it and be ready to go. For in the morning, I'm going to let you out. You're going to be free. It's going to set you free. Everlast, one of these things are symbolic of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The perfect lamb, the blood of the lamb, which covers us, which covers our life, which sets us free. He took the beating. We get the healing. Amen? It's a beautiful thing. It really is. It's a beautiful thing. And all he asks is your love in return. Amen? Amen. Exodus 12, 29. If you have it, please say glory to God. Glory, glory to, God. to God. And it came to pass that at midnight... The Lord Yahweh smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. He smote everything. See, when God gives instructions and he says, make sure the lamb that you use for the blood in the door is perfect, as Christ is perfect. Amen. Oh. Not a flaw, not a blemish, not a sin. Amen. Perfect. That don't mean you go home and you go to your neighbor's house and you kill a lamb or you buy a lamb. And you dip high sip and you take it and put it on your door. Somebody going to call somebody on you. You don't do that. That's not what I'm speaking of here. Christ became the lamb that was slain. He became our Passover. And glory to God for that. He took our place. 30. And Pharaoh rose up in the night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great crying. Egypt for there was not a house where there was not one dead and he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said rise up get you forth from among my people both ye and the children of Israel and go serve the Lord Yahweh as ye have said also take your flocks and your herds as ye have said and be gone and bless me also he wants a blessing now usually when you find out that, that you can't win against God You're going to want a blessing in return. Amen. Usually. (laughs) 33. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people. You see why God told them? To eat the lamb. The feast. The bitter herbs. The perfect lamb. To eat it. With your clothes on. To eat it. Ready to go. Because they're urgent. Everyone's dead. To the firstborn of Pharaoh's son. who was supposed to be Pharaoh. To the firstborn of the cattle, they're losing money, to the firstborn of the people in the dungeon, to the firstborn of the captain of his guards, dead. Because they would not follow God's instruction. Amen? Amen. They would not yield to the Father, Yahweh. And Israel obeyed, but if they did not obey, the death angel would have came into their home as well. And killed them, if they did not obey. Thirty three And the Egyptians were urging upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened. It didn't even get a chance to rise yet. And their kneading thralls, being brought up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses. And they borrowed the Egyptians' jewelry, jewels and silver, and jewels of gold and raiment. Now, this wasn't a borrow, really. It was more so gimme from my back pay for 430 years of slavery that you never paid me for. The cruelty that you placed upon my life. That's what it was. And this is why the Israelites are still blessed Because they have old money. 36. And the Lord Yahweh gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. Yes, that's an understatement. They really spoiled them. (laughs) And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men. Besides children, they even mentioned women. For a total of 2 million people. Total. Men, women, and children. 2 million people. And that's not even including the, the Nubians, the Africans that went out with them. That's why you have black Israelites. My family being one that went out with them. 38. And a mixed multitude that went up also with them and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt. For it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victuals. Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt... Was 430 years. And God told Abraham this will happen in Genesis 15, verse 13. Hold your place there. I'm just reading real quick. And it says, And he said unto Abram, before his name was even changed, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. Now, you got some churches that teach. That this is black people. It's not black people. Tell you right now. It's not black people. It says your people. Abraham ain't black. Abraham is of Israel. He's a Hebrew. So that's who we're speaking of here. The Hebrews. The Israelites. 41. And it came to pass. At the end of the 430 years. Even the self same day. It came to pass. That all the host of the Lord Yahweh went out from the land of Egypt it is a night to be much observed unto the Lord Yahweh for bringing them out from the land of Egypt this is that night of the Lord, There's your title the night of Yahweh to be observed of all the children of Israel and their generations praise God, so we are to observe this forever and ever, and we do. We know that ABIB is the first month. It's the real, it's the real New Year. We know it's the New Year. We don't celebrate the Lunar New Year, we celebrate the Solar New Year, which was about two weeks ago, but not even, nine days ago. Happy New Year. And you count 15 days from that, and you got Passover. Every single time. It never changes. It always falls on the third or the fourth. Sometimes the second. 43. And the Lord Yahweh said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. This is the first one. There shall no stranger eat thereof. Period. I'm going to talk about this for a second. No stranger shall eat thereof. What's a stranger? A stranger is someone who don't share the same mindset as God. A stranger is someone who don't believe in God. A stranger is someone who don't love God. A stranger is someone who pledged no allegiance to God through Jesus Christ. That's a stranger. A stranger is someone who worships the wrong Christ. That's a stranger. So, if you don't share the same mindset as Yahweh to become a believer... One willing to change who you are completely for Yahweh. And as we know all things concerning blood ordinances, sacrifice, is symbolic of Jesus Christ our Lord. So one must believe in the Lamb of Yahweh and truly follow his ways to live and save one's life. If you can't do that, you're not a believer, you're not a child, you're not a wife, you're not even a servant, you're a stranger. And I just list to you all the things that make someone a stranger. One who don't believe in the true Christ. One who will not dedicate their life to Yahweh through Jesus Christ. That is a stranger. That is why Jesus Christ would say, away from me, I never knew you. Better translation, I never got to know you. We never had a relationship because therefore you are a stranger to him. Amen. 44 and 45 go together and I will read them as such. But every man's servant that is brought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat thereof, will not partake of the Passover. At all. This is serious. You must be a believer to take up the Passover. Or why are you partaking of the body of Christ and the blood of Christ if you're not a believer? Amen? What is that? Hold your place here. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 30. We're going to talk about this circumcision and what it actually means real quick. Deuteronomy 30, verse 5. If you have it, say glory word of God. And the Lord Yahweh, thy God, will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed. And thou shalt possess it And he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord Yahweh thy God will circumcise thine heart. He will circumcise thy heart. Not the foreskin, as he told Abraham. This is different. The circumcision of the heart is a spiritual thing. And the heart of thy seed, your children. To love the Lord Yahweh thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. What makes you live? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy strength, and with all thy soul. That makes you live. When you are circumcised with your heart. Seven. And the Lord Yahweh thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies. And on them that hate thee, which persecute thee. Eight. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord Yahweh and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. You will do them. And the Lord Yahweh thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, and in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land for good, for the Lord Yahweh will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord Yahweh thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord Yahweh thy God with all thine heart. And with all thy soul, making God your number one priority in your life. Nothing before, but everything after. Amen? Everything after. That's Yahweh. That's God Almighty. That's what he speaks of here. Let's go to Romans 2.29. Get some New Testament on this topic. Paul speaking. My dude. My man. My brother. Your brother. Paul speaking here. If you have a said to God. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. So what makes you a Jew? What makes you just like Jesus Christ? Your circumcision, your belief. Not just because you say you are, but this is an inward thing. What's inside of you? Your spirit, your soul. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not a flesh thing. Forget the foreskin. It's not a flesh thing, and not of the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. It's a spiritual thing. It's always been a spiritual thing. It's going to always remain a spiritual thing, because it's the heart that God looks at. It's the mind, which is translated heart, that God sees. It's the seal of God on your brain, on your spiritual brain, on your spiritual body, that Christ sees when he returns at the seventh trumpet. To let him know that you belong to him. Amen. So as we see, it's a spiritual thing. Not a fleshy thing. We must truly love Yahweh in Christ in spirit. Not in word or in letter. You can write all the letters you want to. If you don't love him in deed, in action, in spirit, it doesn't matter. Christ, he will say to the stranger when he returns at the seventh trump. Get thee away from me. Get thee behind me. Get thee away from me. Again, a better translation. I don't know you. I never got to know you. Because you were fake towards me. You were fake towards my children. Your whole life. And never came to a true change. Or trying to be a child. Of God. Or a wife of God. Or even a friend. But you wanted to remain a stranger. Because you wanted to live your way in whom my father and I can't trust. That's a problem. God don't trust strangers. A servant isn't forever. A child is. A servant doesn't get an inheritance. A child does. A wife does. Amen? Let's go back to Exodus 12, verse 46. If you have a seen, word of God. In one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth out... Ought of the flesh abroad, out of the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. Again, Christ never had his bones broken. Perfect. He's saying, don't even break a bone of this lamb." It must be as Christ would be. Amen? Amen? All the congregation of Israel shall keep it forever. For he is the Lord of the Sabbath, and he is the Lord of the Passover. He is our rest. That's what Passover means, our rest. 48. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee, Somebody's staying with you, and will keep the Passover to the Lord Yahweh, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near and keep it. He can't even keep the Passover unless he's mentally prepared for what he's about to experience. He must be a believer. And first of all, why would you even be in company with someone who does not believe in God? Think about that for a second. Why would you keep company? I have no friends who do not believe in God. Not one. I have no friends who are in the world and of the world. Not one. Can't be trusted. I have business people who don't believe in God. I have people who aren't bad people, but they don't believe in God. But I don't have any friends who don't love and know Jesus Christ and Yahweh. They claim Christianity. Amen? Mm -hmm. All of them. I'm not keeping company with strangers. 48 again. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee and will keep the Passover to the Lord Yahweh, let all his males be circumcised and let them and let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land. You see what God does for you? That means you receive the benefits. Now you receive the benefits of Abraham. You receive the benefits of the blessings of God. It benefits a stranger or someone who you love that don't know God for you to speak to them about Jesus Christ. For you to speak to them about God. It benefits them. Why would you keep all that goodness to yourself. Amen. Mm -hmm. And don't let that be an excuse. I'm keeping them around so I can talk to them later. Well, get to it. Get to it. Because God's not foolish. Amen. Get to it. And he shall be as one that is born in the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. That's your father speaking. I ain't making that up. One law shall be to him that is homeborn, And unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. Thus did all the children of Israel as the Lord Yahweh commanded Moses and Aaron. So did they. And it came to pass that self same day that the Lord Yahweh did bring the children of Israel by his power, by his glory, out of the land of Egypt by their armies. Praise Yahweh and Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful thing. It really is beautiful. Because you got to think about this. He's not telling that you can't be around someone who don't know God. But why would you be around someone who got a problem with God? Cut them loose quick, right? But if if you're around someone who don't know God and they were drawn to you and you formed a friendship through the God that's inside of you, right? No excuses here. What must you do? He said you must prepare them. You must teach them who God is. Let them know you are obligated to. How could you have a soul, a child of God? who don't know God, don't know Christ, and you're just chummy with them and never introduced the Lord to them. That's disappointing to God. Can't be that way. Can't be that way. We're here to praise God, so we're going to praise Him. Amen? Amen. All this was done so that we could always understand and know that the Lamb and His blood was perfect and it made Satan, the death angel, pass over all who believe and do. The will of the living God lives forever. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 17. I am so happy for Passover, my God. Most of the world, I only know two churches that celebrate Passover the way we do. Us and Shepherd's Chapel. Two, know the church. Celebrates Passover the right time with the right Christ and with the right knowledge and wisdom from God. Remember where you are and remember who you are in Christ. John 17, 1. The other night of the Lord, to happen. That one happened in BC. This one happened in AD. John 17.1. If you have to say the word of God, get a lot of Jesus speaking. This is right before Jesus Christ would be crucified. This was his prayer. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, speaking to Yahweh, the hours come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given me. And this is life eternal, that they might know the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Emmanuel, O God, with us. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou hast given me to do. See, there's no, I think he was fearing. There's no fear. He said, I finished it. He didn't even get on the cross yet. He said, I finished it. Glory to God. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was, before this earth age even was. And the first one, glorify me, bring me back to thy glory, amen. From verse Earth Age, where I sat on the throne with you, I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou hast given me out of the world, the apostles. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me. Are of thee, for I have given unto them the words which thou givest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray for them. What a loving Savior. What a shepherd. I pray for them, not for the world. Hold on. I pray for them. I'm not praying for strangers. I'm not praying for those people who don't love me. I'm not praying for the people. I don't pray for the world. The world's going to go through what it's going to go through. Amen? Amen. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine. And I am God's sacred name glorified in them. When you do the will of God, it makes him happy. It pleases him. You glorify our Father. You glorify Jesus Christ. We have the living truth. And now I am no more in the world. But these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. He's saying, I'm at the end of my stay on this earth. I'm coming to you now, and I'm leaving them here. And I'm gone for three days. And they won't see me again until I return to them. Take care of them. Make sure they're safe. And when I come back to them and I see them and I stay with them for a while, I'm going to send them our spirit. And then I know you'll guide them through the spirit. Praise God. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition. That's the devil. That's Satan's own child here. He's speaking of Satan's child. He's speaking of Judas Iscariot the betrayer, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee in these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Do you understand that? Christ says, my joy belongs to you. My joy belongs to every believer that believes in me. My joy belongs to you. When depression, when anxiety, when fear, when doubt, when trouble creeps in. When sickness creeps in. It is just the devil trying to steal the joy that Christ left with you. Why would you allow that? You can't allow that. You have power. In the name of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I have given them thy word and the world have hated them. Because they are not of the world. You're not of this world. They're not of this world. We're called out of this world. Called in the first earth age to do a job in the second earth age. And again, to bring as many people from the grasp of Satan and darkness and hellfire. And bring them to the light and the love of Yahweh and Jesus Christ. And to live eternally in the third earth age. Glory to God. Not of this world. I have given them thy word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Say goodbye to the rapture. He says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, there's no rapture. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I'm asking you to equip them with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the armor of God, and to protect them with the scripture that's written out for them to live by. Protect them from the evil, which is Satan and his workers. 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. This this is special. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So, what happens? Sanctify them. This word sanctify here is a little different. It means hollowed, it means carved out for truth, for love, for the placement of the Holy Spirit. Carved out. He's saying, Carve out all that foolishness and place thy spirit there, thy Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Set them aside for the master's use. 18. As thou hast sent me unto the world, even I have also sent them into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That is the very elect leaning up all the way to this final generation and those who will face Antichrist in this final generation. Glory to God. That they all may be one As thou Father art in me and I in thee That's mino mano That's togetherness To dwell in you and you dwell in me That they also may be one in us That the world may believe That thou hast sent me And the glory which thou Givest me I have given them That they may be one Even as we are one Mino mano In the Greek Hold your place there. I'm going to go to John 10:16 real quick. I'm going to read this to you. Talk about his other sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. They're coming. The Gentiles are coming. The kings and queens of the ethnos. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, because they belong to me. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd, Therefore, doth my Father love me because I lay down my life, that I may take it again? That is power. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself, of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father, which is all power. Glory to God. Back in John 17. I am them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one. What makes you perfect? The Holy Spirit. What makes you perfect? The Word of God. The Spirit of God makes you perfect. You know, when I first got started, people used to say to me all the time, this is over 20 years ago, they would say, "Would you think you perfect? And I'll go, Cool. We got the spirit. What? I'm like, you wouldn't understand. It makes you not an habitual sinner, amen. Mm-hmm. You can't be perfect without Jesus Christ. He even says, "Strive to be perfect. Strive to be the best you that you can possibly be." Why would you strive for anything else? Twenty-three. I am them and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and has loved me, and as thou has loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Do you understand what he's saying? He wants them with him. And where is Christ? At the throne of God. So where is his elect? Where is the apostles? At the throne of God. That they may behold my glory. How can you behold the glory of God in Christ unless you're right there? which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundations of the world from the first earth age. O righteous Father, the world have not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Glory to God. I want you to see that Christ... Loves his disciples. He loves those that believe in him. And that want to serve him. And please the father Yahweh. And all that would love and believe through them as well. He shows you his true obedience to Yahweh God Almighty. And death and the cross. Never wavering or being afraid. But mighty in battle always. Go right into John 18. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook of Kedron, where was a garden into which he entered his disciples. So Judas knew exactly where they were, but the Pharisees and Sadducees did not. Judas led them right to him. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft-time resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men, and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Ragtag army here. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come to pass, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Question. They answered, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Asha'iyah, you hear the power in that? And Judas also which betrayed him, stood with them. And as soon then as he had said unto them, I am he. They went backward and fell to the ground. Glory to God. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? He's ready to go. He's ready to get it on. He's ready to die on the cross. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, I have told you that I am he, and therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Do you know the power and the authority that you must possess in order to tell this ragtag army of 30 to 20 people, right? To tell them, whom seek ye? They got swords, they got numbers. Christ is like, who do you want? You want me? I'm right here. Come get me. Get up. Stop falling down when I speak. It's time. Do your job. But let these go. Nine. That the saying might be fulfilled which was spoken of them which thou gavest me, I have lost none, not one, except for Judas. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant name was Malchus, the son of the king, the false king. Not Jesus Christ, because the son of God is standing right before them. He's here leading these people. Then said Jesus unto Peter, put thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Question. You know what I'm here to do, Peter. And I know it's hard for you, Peter. And I know it's hard for you to watch me be taken. I know it's hard for you to watch me be beaten and walked away in chains and in ropes. I know it's hard. But you got to let it happen. Peter would even race over and try to grab them and tear Jesus from them. And Jesus would yell at Peter, Peter, no, Peter. All who live by the sword, die by the sword. 12. Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Mind you, they're doing this in secret. They're not supposed to do this. They have no authority to do this without the authority from the Roman, which is Pontius Pilate. They didn't tell him about this. They wanted to beat him and tenderize him before they brought him to the Romans. And led him away to Annas first, for he was father-in-law to Caiaphas, which means depression, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews, that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Yeah, it is expedient that one man should die, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did other disciples. That disciple was known unto the high priest, and went in with Jesus unto the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple, which was known unto the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter, Toby Nicodemus. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. Again, this is the first one. Because Christ said to Peter, you will deny me three times. Peter said, even if my life depends on it, I will not deny you, Lord. I will die with you, Lord. Christ says, I know you will, but tonight you won't. I need you, Peter. And the servant of the officer stood there who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself, the high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly. This word openly is paresia in the Greek and it means speak boldly. I spake paresia. I spake openly and boldly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogues and in the temple whether the Jews always resort. And in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. That's bold. Now, I want you to get the picture in your brain. You've got over 150 people here. And that's not including the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the high priests. A lot of political people here, right? And only a couple of them. Joseph of Arimathea, Jesus' uncle, is there. He's a high-ranking officer. Then the other one as well, that I named earlier. He's there. And he had a couple sprinkled in that really loved Jesus Christ. And that was trying to fight for Jesus. But if you're overwhelmed by 150 people, plus the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the guards, they all took a liking to hitting him and beating him. That's why he has over 600 blows on his body. 22. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. Tell me. But if wise, smitest thou me? Question. Now Anas had sent him bound unto Caiaphas, the high priest. 25. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said, therefore, unto him, art art not thou also one of the disciples? Question. He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, said, did not I see thee in the garden with him? Now, hold on one second. Peter cut this dude's ear off. Jesus Christ heals the ear. Instantly. You still got your pride, dude? Really? You still got a problem with Jesus? Really? Now, he made Peter. He know who Peter is. Because he's like, you cut my ear I know you. You're one of his disciples. You're the tough one. you the one that carried the sword. Walk around with your chest poked out. 27. Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crowed three times. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. And it was early. And they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. I was thinking about their bellies. (laughs) Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor, we would not have delivered him up unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him and judge him according to your law the Jews therefore said unto him it is not lawful for us to put any man to death now hold on he said judge them according to your law therefore it doesn't say here but they would have had to have taken him to King Herod the third so they took him to King Herod the third with a bunch of heathens around him and people who worship idols and all types of things and they made a the mockery of Jesus there then they brought him back because he said I find no fault in him he said but he said Aren't you the one that my father, King Herod, was trying to kill with evil all in his eye? He said, could you do a miracle for me? So they sent him back to Pontius Pilate. 32. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou a king of the Jews? Question. Now mind you, Pontius Pilate's wife warned him of Jesus because God showed her dreams that he is a righteous man and he is the son of God and that there's nothing wrong with him. He did nothing wrong. So his wife told him the night before and says, I'm warning you, don't pass judgment on this man. He's in the pickle. You want to keep your wife happy, but then you also don't want to die at the hands of Caesar. And mind you, the one you're going to obey is God. Period. Because he's going to make it happen. Now, prior to this, three weeks before, Pontius Pilate just got to Jerusalem and it was an uproar in Jerusalem concerning Jesus and Barabbas. Now, mind you, historical papers show that Jesus paid money for the Romans so that he could go anywhere and preach anywhere without any trouble. That money ran out So, here's the trouble. And Caesar told Pontius Pilate, there's any more trouble in Judea or in Jerusalem where you govern, you're going to die. He says, I want peace. And the Pharisees know that. Satan knows that. And God knows it because he set it all up. He knows exactly what he's doing. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Question. Jesus answered him saying, Thou sayest this thing of thyself? Or did others tell thee of me? He wants to see if you got good soil here. Do you know this to be true of yourself? Or did someone else tell you? Mm -hmm. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Question. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, mind you, his mouth is swollen, his eyes are swollen, his jaws probably swollen. could barely talk, but he's speaking with a mouth full of blood. Then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou saidest that I am a king. To this end was I born, that for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, heareth my voice. Praise God. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Of course, but ye have a custom that I should release unto you, one at Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then he cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Barabbas in the Greek means son of the Father. And is not God, because Barabbas was a ruthless murderer. He claimed to be a patriot, but he was a murderer. He murdered innocent people for no reason. Thus goes the name Barabbas. He was a Kenite. Straight up Kenite. Son of the father. Now Barabbas was a robber. All the way into 19. Here we go. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus. And scourged him. And the soldiers planted a crown of thorns. And put it on his head. And they put on him. A purple robe for royalty. And a fake crown and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Now, you got to understand something here. This is an understatement. What they did to Jesus, because we discussed it, what they did to him was they basically killed him four times over and he came out he said I want you to punish him but don't kill him these are the exact words from Pontius Pilate punish him because he was trying to set him free but it basically almost killed him right because mind you he was already punished from the Pharisees and Sadducees and their guards and then he was punished from going to see King Herod III so he's coming out he needs help walking that's why he would need help carrying the cross on the road. 5. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto him, Behold the man, behold the man, and the Greek is and When the chief priest therefore and the officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Now, mind you, the chief priests and the Pharisees, <coughs> Christ already identified who they were. He identified that they were the Canaanites in John chapter 8, verse 40, all the way down. He identified them. Pilate said to them, take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And they will bring him a basin of water, he will wash his hands. So he's clear of any blood of Jesus Christ on himself. Now, mind you, prior to this, he would have a conversation with Jesus saying, Don't you know that I have the power to crucify you? Say something to me. Free yourself. And Jesus would say you would have no power except Mm -hmm. the power that was given to you from above. From my father. He's saying it is not you who has the blame. But it is he who delivered me to you who has the blame. It is the Kenites. Because as they would shout in the crowd. His blood be on our children and our children's children. What? And it is so. 7. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and said unto Jesus, Whence art thou? Where did you come from? Who are you? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said unto him, Speak thou not unto me, knowest thou? Thou, not that I have the power to crucify thee, and have the power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto thee, hath the greater sin. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement. But in the Hebrew, where a seat lifted up high in the people. The Pharisees knew this. Satan knew this. God knew it. God stirred everything up. God's plan is perfect because Christ had to die so that we don't have to unless we choose to die. Unless we choose not to serve him. Unless we choose not to believe. Unless we choose not to have our hearts circumcised. Unless we choose not to spiritually love him with all of our heart, soul, and strength. Amen? Why would you choose that? When someone... Who can love you beyond greater than anything or anyone who could possibly love you wants to crib and hold you from all fear and all shame and all doubt that man and Satan want to keep bringing up your faults over and over again and Christ says I free you from them I free you from your faults in the name of Jesus Christ I accept you and I free you from your faults now you can start all over you don't have to live that life again Praise God. Oh. Fourteen, and it was the preparation of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your King! But they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your King? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. Now we know how that ended, amen? And we know that it ended in victory for Jesus, for heaven, for Yahweh, for the angels in heaven, for the apostles, for the very elect throughout the duration to this final one. It ended in victory because our victory, Jesus Christ, returns at the second advent at the seventh trump. Again, I want you to see the humiliation he endured for you by being a punching bag, For Satan and his children, the Kenites. He did all this so we could live a life free from sin and shame and judgment. A pure and true life with the wisdom and the blessings of God and the peace and the joy. And the favor of our father, Yahweh, and Jesus Christ and his love. Remember to stay in the grace of God because that's what he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all, and I'm happy to share this Passover with you at this time. In Jesus' precious name, who we love, who we dedicate our lives to. Amen.